Welcome to another Conveyance in Matters. Today's our news roundup for June and July 2022. Welcome to Conveyancing Matters with Lorraine and Stu. Join us for a chat about all things property. Hello, Stu. How are you doing? I'm very good, Lorraine. How are you? Fine, thank you. So, as you say, June and July 2022, mm-hmm. conveyancing news. There's quite a quite a potpourri of things that uh, we think are worth a chatting potpourri? Yeah, what does that potpourri. mean? Yeah, potpourri. Loads of stuff. Loads of stuff. stuff right, okay. Nice Too complicated for me. Right, go on then. Stuff that smells nice in the bowl. That'd be you and me, wouldn't it? Yeah, so, um, well, the mortgage affordability test that we yep. mentioned a few weeks ago, Stu, that's finally been scrapped. No so surprise there, was it? Not no. really. Not really. <laughs> so, uh, you know, frankly... Lenders don't really have to have as many constraints when no. they're deciding whether somebody, you know, can take out a mortgage or not, which I personally find a little surprising. Yeah. But there we go. I mean, what you know, what impact that's going to make on the conveyancing um, world is a bit harder to say. I think it will perhaps make it easier for some people to borrow money, um, but I do think the risk for conveyances is perhaps people who are borrowing a higher percentage. Of, um, yeah, of, uh, I, I just it's something for me that you know in the remit of what we do, it's something that I don't worry about. Oh, you know, yes. Let the clients worry about getting the mortgage. Let us concentrate on the legal work. Yeah, I think the I think it's the advice thing that's the issue, isn't it? And it's really making sure that you know your mortgage reports are really tight to your clients oh, and they understand the risk. Of course. So if you haven't uh, refreshed your mortgage report for a few years, then frankly, I suggest you do. But anyway. Um, and the help, the first help to buy equity mortgage, Stu, that's yeah. rolled out. The first one of those has rolled off the blocks. I know that uh, uh, PCS and Mars, you've done, you've, you know, got a bit of a niche for the old help to buy, the help to buy. Yeah, we, we've, we've done loads of it over the years and probably maybe almost in my conveyancing lifetime, it might well be one of the biggest kicks I think it's, it's ever given the industry in terms of new work, certainly from the last recession anyway. Oh, that's really interesting. So, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else that's come along that's rivaled it. Oh, that's um, interesting. You know. Well, they're about to, they're sort of going to grind to a halt. So the help, the standard help to buy loans um, are grinding to a halt sort of at the end of this year, really, yeah. end of 2022. But what the government has introduced is a help to buy equity mortgage, that's the one. which is um, a different product in that it's um, it's to help people buy a, um, or build a property, yeah. basically. Yeah. But what I, what do you think is the real stinger with that one? Where, where well, used to, when you think it used to be, didn't it? You know, help to buy, when it first came in, it was new build, everything was new build orientated. So it's only kind of morphing back to where it was before, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. Except this um, this new product is for people to buy um, their own, you know, to build their own, their own, their own properties. properties yeah. uh, which, of course, by definition, is going to be a much smaller market. Of course. But I think... Much smaller pool. I yeah. think the zinger for advisors is, um, you know, this product clearly isn't going to be the volume of the sort of the standard help to buy stuff, so the self-build loans. But I think the real zinger that conveyances need to pick up on is the fact that um, the repayment calculation, yeah. if and when these products are repaid, yeah. the value is going to be based on, or the, the redemption figure is going to be based on the, the value. value of the land. Yeah, that's right. As well as the loan. Uh, that's so definitely. if the value of the land has gone up, then the amount payable back to the government yeah. is also going to go up. And that's even if the um, borrower owned the land before. That's right. So I think that's a bit of a zinger, really. So anything else, Stu? What other things have caught your eye this month? Um, so we saw the, uh, the spat regarding Silex. And you can tell us a bit more about that. It's well, not my regulation. So there's was it the Silex, the regulation itself. Yeah, Silex regulation and Silex, the... You know the body that uh, you know looks after and looks after the interests yeah. of, um, of uh, legal execs, 
they've just had this really public spat, which I don't think is going away anytime soon. I mean, I must declare a bit of an interest because many, many years ago I was a, a director of one of the Arlet's companies. But, uh, but yeah, I just think it's a real shame because an enormous amount has been done over the mm. last sort of 10, 20 years to uh, promote the... Um, well, the importance of the silos qualification, yeah. actually. And what appears to be happening, according to reports in the Gazette, is that Silex, which was rec regulated by its own body, Silex yeah. regulation, without Silex regulation knowing, um, has actually approached the SRA and said, we'd like you to regulate us, or at least we'd like to talk about it. And Silex regulation is sort of taking its teddies home because they weren't consulted, they know nothing about it, and they don't think that that's something that's within Silex's remit anyway. And I just actually feel terribly for mm. legal execs, really, because I just think this very public spat between these two... Can't be good, can it? No, I think so. No. So I think, um, you know, if you're, if you're a Silex, uh, Silex qualified, I think you ought to be um, looking carefully at what, uh, at what your regulator and uh, your representative body are up to, because I just think it's a damn shame, really. Uh, and what about these old cyber ransoms, Stu? I mean, they're, uh, they're quite a big deal. It's a difficult one, this, isn't it? Because cybercrime is something now that, you know, heavily affects us. And we all know what happened. Was it last year or was it the start of this year? Um, tail end of last year, wasn't tail it? Tail end of last year, was it with Simplify? So, you know, it's massively at the forefront of, of all, you know, firms. And, of course, our insurance. Um, we've now got to be really careful what we do, what we don't do. But it's interesting, isn't it? You know, we're now not allowed to pay cyber uh, ransoms. But again, it's one for me, you know, you'd go straight to insurers anyway, wouldn't you? And you'd do exactly what they tell you to do, yeah, as, as think, would be the terms of the insurance. Yeah, I think this is the interesting one because um, the National Cyber Security Centre and the Information Commissioner's Office have written to the Law Society to say, you know, would you please remind mm. solicitors that they, um, you know, shouldn't be paying cyber ransoms, not either on their own behalf or indeed advising clients to. Yeah. Um, and as you say, I wonder... Uh, and my, my question was, and I really wondered, you know, what impression the insurers had of this and what view the insurers took, really, because I think yeah. they're in the driving Well, seat. I was absolutely gobsmacked that actually it does happen and people pay mm. these. I could not believe it. I thought it was something that you hear about. And obviously, if you were being blackmailed into paying a sum of money, you wouldn't do it. Well, or, um, or you're not going to tell anybody if you do. No, true. But I was absolutely amazed that actually it happens quite regularly. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the cost implication of paying... A ransom amount as opposed to you know the the time and the effort it would take to reconstitute all your IT networks I suppose it's it's cheaper yeah. but I was really surprised that people would do it and yeah. for me if you pay it once why wouldn't it happen again but I, I don't think know. well I, that's certainly the view yeah. that, you know the um, National Cyber Security Centre takes. Yeah, so, amazing. So you know not perhaps one for, for coalface conveyances no. but I think it's really important for people within the industry to know what's happening and also yeah. I think what's really important for anybody working in the conveyancing department is to just understand the absolutely fundamental importance of cyber risk and that one that one email coming in yeah. and that one click on that one dodgy link and then yeah ruined yeah well it's always looking at where the emails come from isn't it you know not just the name the actual detail on the email addresses yeah. there's so many now that are impersonated it's like a daily occurrence isn't it yeah so moving on then Stu um this one will probably uh, stick in your craw a bit um, so it was reported uh, quite recently that the legal ombudsman uh, has said of itself, we're going to make big improvements yeah. in the way it handles uh, uh, complaints and the volume of complaints it handles. They're going to make big improvements in the next 18 months, too. So does that warm your cockles? Not really. No, no 18 months. You would have thought it'd be uh, a lot sooner than that, wouldn't you? Um, I know it's, it's a difficult one, this, isn't it? Because 
speak too out of turn. Um, oh, no, go on. But there is a, what's the right word to use here? A bit of a hypocritical, uh, it, you know, it's, it smacks you in the face that you are, you know, writing to somebody because you've been accused of taking too long maybe to do something. Yeah. Um, to which you then don't receive a reply for six months. Yeah. Um, I mean, Leo reported, Where do you go with that? Well, Leo reported apparently that its unopened cases this year were 5,862. And yeah. they've actually, I've sort of, chatted about this elsewhere but they've essentially changed their own terms of reference <laughs> so they can sort of deal with a lot more and yeah that's, um, you know. it's a difficult one isn't it because conveyancing practices have had to go through such an element of change over the last two years to cope with the demand of additional work and of course now the legal ombudsman is having to do exactly the same but of course they have the fallback that they can afford to you know take longer still with things or whatever may be the case Whereas, of course, we didn't, you know, don't have that luxury and we've been criticised by them as a result of it. So it just doesn't seem the right kind of balance there, does it? Not really. I mean, I think one of the things when you're as old as me, Stu, you do realise that, you know, the organisations which have dealt with legal complaints have gone through various sort of, you know, iterations over the last 20 years. But one of the massive problems with all of them has yeah. always been their own ability yeah, to deal yeah. with the complaints that get past them. So, I mean, good on Leo for trying to do something about it, but... They need to. But for me, it's difficult as well. When we deal with them, um, you know, you can get a complete complete difference of opinion, you know, depending on the, the yeah. case handler you get. And it's the lack of consistency that comes from, you know, Leo that is the main concern to me. You know, at least if they had a prescribed time frame as we have to have, or, you know, at least if they had rulings that were consistent... Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have so much beef, but when you don't know what you're going to get from one day to the next, it's really difficult to well, deal with. Well, it actually makes it really difficult to put procedures in place yourself yeah. to help you deal appropriately with complaints that you get. No, definitely. I think, actually, I'm right in saying, so, you know, your viewers could be wrong here, um, but I think that Leo is is putting on some webinars in September yep. about dealing with complaints, yep. so, uh, so you might want to watch them. We'll watch them and comment on them for you. <laughs> So, Stu, um, you're a regulator because I think yep. we can we can do the, the gamut of regulators uh, uh, this this month. So, the CLC risk yep. agenda. What anything leap out of that for you? Your CLC. Regulator? Yeah. So again, it's you know they've spoken about um, uh, crypto, um, cyber again, um, and they have a whole risk agenda that they've come out with and commented on. Um, but you know it's stuff we've spoken about before, hasn't yep. haven't we? And um, you know you feel like it's the same old stuff again that we're talking about here. You know, if we haven't got our sort of act together regarding cybercrime, crypto, what we need to find out about, you know, what our firm's policy is going to be in terms of what we accept, what we don't accept, what's regulated, what's not. You know, it's a bit late by now, isn't it? Well, arguably, I think what's um, interesting is the CLC's position, for example, on crypto assets, because some firms have said, yeah, we're going to dip our toe in that pool and we'll, yeah. we'll you know, we'll act for clients that want to use crypto to pay for assets. But the CLC have said they're expecting the same source of one funds and source of wealth um, investigations as you do on cash. Hmm. And I'm just, I mean, I don't know enough about it. I profess to have no input. But you can't, can you? I doubt it's it. It's impossible. So on one it. hand, you've got to do this, but physically you can't. Um, it's a strange one, isn't it? I mean, at the moment, our policy is uh, not to accept it. But I suspect that as the months, probably years roll on, yeah. it's going to be something that's going to creep in. And I'm sure there's going to be a massive change on the regulation behind it and, and the way we deal with it. We'll be told it's gonna, to. We're going to be told to, yeah. It's well, the future. Which, well, 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 and of course the future, um, many would say, is digital ID checks. But interestingly, that's also on the CLC's risk agenda. As indeed, slightly bizarrely, apart from PII changes and complaints, they've also got, and I think you said they keep on their reg aged balances. 
Yeah, I think age balances has always been on the CLC's agenda. I'm not Whether quite sure it quantifies risk, I'm not sure. Age balances sure, but... is quite in the same category as, as cybercrime in terms of risk to conveyancing firms. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's the, that theory, isn't it? That if you've got all these age balances, you're not on top of yeah. things. So you know, the clients. Volume, yeah, it's volume. It's clients' money potentially that's yeah. sitting there. That they're due. Yeah, they tweaked around with their accounts rules actually to um, yeah. fairly recently, if anybody's interested. Um, what I also think is quite interesting about this, I always think that SRA regulated firms should look at what the CLC is talking about, and conversely, I think the CLC regulated firms should keep an eye on what the SRA is talking yeah. about. The SRA has also introduced its risk review. I suspect the themes are very similar for both, but you know, I do think that both sets of regulated organisations could could learn, you know, could, could keep up to yeah. date really. Um, so we all kind of have, have our hearts have dropped to over the last year or two whenever we've heard the word cladding I think mm, we all have yeah. we all have a bit of a, a reaction to the word cladding now and um, of course one of the problems with producing the EWS1 certificates yep. was a there weren't enough specialists to do it but b um, there wasn't uh, you know the uh, surveyors indemnity insurers yeah, said well, if you're a surveyor and you're going to do an EWS1 certificate uh, we're not going to insure you yeah so um, the government's done something about that theoretically recently yeah so they've now got their their own um, backed uh, scheme um, so yeah hopefully they're going to alleviate that problem but it's all gone well yeah I was just going to say hopefully it'll be self-funding that's the idea the government yeah. has said it will be self-funding so theoretically the taxpayers aren't going to be paying for it so Maybe in future years that the government has also said it's going to, you know, hopefully going to be training up more people to produce the certificates. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting what the surveyors have to say. Yeah, about it. it's how this is going to follow through to the conveyancing process, isn't it? It's a subject that's not going to go away anytime soon. No, and although these measures you perceive as positive, they're not anything that's in the short term anyway. Certainly going to affect us, is it? No. We still got to put no. up with it. Yeah. yeah. I actually had a note from um, a, a colleague only in the last week or so that said, oh, you know, um, oh, I don't know, my neighbour's son has had, you know, a, a transaction fall apart because the lender said, oh, you know, dodgy EWS1, is there any way around this? And I just replied to it and said, no, if the lender isn't going to play. Yeah, that's the it. The lender's Black not going to play, yeah. <laughs> really. But, um, I mean, a couple of the uh, sort of nerdy things that I'm always sort of interested in really Stu that probably nobody else is but in case anyone's interested the land reg has updated practice guide 27 to uh, uh, on the leasehold reform legislation so I think anybody should probably be having a look at that to uh, to look at the, the land reg's view there and also for anybody interested uh, and that'll be lots of people interested in um, uh, doing deeds of variation of which there are now far more swilling around than there ever were uh, practice guide 68 you could also have a look at that because the um, the land register amended um, section 4.5 in case you're interested again to talk about the new ground rent act so there's a couple of sort of i think particularly relevant sort of land registry practice guide updates there which you might be um, you might be interested in um and the um legal services consumer panel our clients love us so despite <laughs> what uh, despite what you and your colleagues see every day Stu, mm. we're, we're loved do you think yeah <laughs> by whom the clients Legal Services Consumer Panel has surveyed 3,500 people and apparently 85% of them are satis satisfied with their legal services. Well, now, again, I think I that's think, all legal services, but... Yeah, I think it's the same. I think is it, we always focus on the negative, don't we? We always focus on the people that don't like us or the complaints that we get, uh, not understanding that, you know, on a daily basis, we help tens of thousands of people that are moving house all the time, house of their dreams, blah, blah, blah. 
But of course, it's difficult not to focus on the ones that aren't happy. Yeah. And also, from a convincing point of view, you know, we're continually um, the subject of criticism um, within the, the press, aren't we? Um, and it's, it's that part of it that I think is well, the, the bugbear for, for people that are you know, working day to day. It does. It wears you down a bit, yeah. really. I mean, what slightly worries me is that the, the SRA have already sort of jumped on this this bit of research and sort of are using it as a, as a, um, a means to promote their idea that um, customers, because they're not clients anymore, do that customers should be shopping they're always around. clients. Always <laughs> clients. Well, they are to me, but it's perhaps because I'm old. Uh, but customers should be shopping around, shopping around for legal services. And I just think, oh, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not boxes of washing powder that we're talking <laughs> about here. I just feel that we're, you know, it's, it, we're, we're so archaic in some of these things, aren't we? People already shop around. You know, we don't need any more encouragement. You know, with the, you know, the internet and everything else, people shop around all the time, now, don't they? Yeah, I still think a large number of people actually still choose their conveyance on the basis of recommendation. Yeah, some do. Um, some will go on locality, but a large percentage yeah. will still shop around, won't they? So you're top of a firm, Stu. You're a, you're a big important boy. You're a big. I'm sure big about that. Boy. Uh, Legal sector affinity group, anti money laundering guidance. Were you excited that the Treasury accepted the guidance this week? Static. Yeah. Yeah, static. It made my week, that yeah, did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> what can you say about it? We haven't already said it's, you know, yeah. Yeah, well, for firms that um, haven't yet looked at their PCPs, their policies, controls and procedures, so the LSAG guidance that came out now in January 2021, talking about and giving us 200 pages of guidance on the AML regs that came in in January 2020, uh, that's finally now, that guidance is finally, um, have been approved by the Treasury. So... If anybody hasn't looked at the changes um, and reviewed their PCPs, there's only tweaks. There aren't any really major changes, but anybody that's that position in the firm, um, you ought to be looking at it. And actually the SRA and the Law Society have both produced uh, a little sort of um, summary of the changes. Now, probably the biggest change, um, there's been some updates in relation to um, verification of ID on beneficial, of beneficial owners. So if anybody's interested, yeah. that's the bit they need to be looking at really. So another matter, we're close to your heart, we're going with, we're covering the full gamut of regulators as we've said, so CLC, little tiny... Indemnity insurance, indemnity yeah, insurance. I mean, supposedly we've, we've had our kind of uh, renewal now, so the, the next time we're talking about indemnity insurance in relation to the CLC, it should be a seamless process, shouldn't it? Seamless, Apparent, seamless and professional like yeah. <clears throat> Apparently we will have to submit our application by a certain time, which incidentally we've always done over all the years, full stop. And apparently the insurers are going to have to reply with a quote by a certain time, uh, supposedly we, a month before. Do that? No, uh, you know, this year I think there were three interested insurers. So uh, unfortunately in terms of bargaining position, yeah. we have none. Um, and the insurers hold all the cards, don't they? So yeah. I suppose uh, watch this, you know, next next June or next May when we have to do our submissions, we'll, we'll see what happens, won't we? But I would be surprised if it's particularly different than the previous year round. I think you're probably right, really. Uh, and something sort of, you know, so this is a bit of a knock down the road one, but I did notice and, uh, well, anybody who's still in the conveyancing, you know, profession in the next sort of four or five years, the government has just announced a sort of big a big fund for councils to uh, build something like 17,600 homes on brownfield sites, which is always, uh, you know, trumpeted as being something quite exciting. But of course, brownfield sites do mean, you know, there's been other things on the land. Um, and my concern for conveyances, certainly not tomorrow, but, you know, uh, if you are, you know, dealing with new sort of, you know, biggish new developments that maybe councils have been involved with, um, you know, look out because 
clearly the environmental issues I think are going to be the absolutely massive thing that we need to keep a close eye on. So that's certainly not something for tomorrow, but no. um, if no. there's more building on brownfield sites, I think that's just potentially shifting the liability to the conveyance. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And I've noticed already the more, you know, there are more and more failed environmental searches by the day now, I would say. Yeah. I think where the collation of information is, you know, is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, um, you know, it's going to be something that's going to carry on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And this only sort of shows that, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not going to go away, No, is it? definitely not. Um, the SRA, little tidbit, has introduced, uh, has, has been allowed to introduce its fining powers from £2,000 to £25,000. So firms can now be clobbered by the SRA to the tune of 25k. Not much more to say about that, but obviously if you are SRA regulated, you know, watch out, watch out kids, take care, <laughs> take care. And the running saw that is the SIF runoff cover. So again, if you're, you know, 22 and you've just started in conveyancing, this isn't going to worry you. You know, if you're at the other end of the age spectrum and you want to stop conveyancing, it might, uh, because the uh, essentially a fund that had been maintained by the SRA and formerly the Law Society to um, to assist firms when they were sort of closing essentially and to protect the public. Uh, well, the SRA wants to close it and they keep kicking the can down the road. So they're keeping it open until September 2023 because there was this idea that there would be an alternative in the market that the insurers would be happy to, you know, step in and, yeah. and, 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 uh, and, and provide. And of course they don't. They're not no, interested. no, I'm not sure all the appetite's there for the insurers, no. is there? So. <laughs> Frankly, no. why would you be wanting up to exactly. pick up liability of no, a closed firm exactly. or retired senior Lose, partner. lose, lose, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. Um, and a sort of tiny point, but I think a bigger point. The land register has mentioned, and I've noticed it a bit recently, Stu. They are, um, they've amended quite a few forms, two of the most recent being the Home Rights 1 and 2, actually, uh, and the form SCV. But what they're doing, Stu, I've noticed, is they are putting more notes on forms to remind applicants that um, uh, uh, applications to register notices yeah. and restrictions shouldn't be made without reasonable cause. Yeah. And I think, you know, Only that's... Only a good thing, isn't it? That? Yeah. It's a big deal, really. Yeah. Um, it's Section 77 of the Land Registration Act, in case anyone's interested. But basically, if you're thinking, oh, I'm just going to bang this notice on this register, not entirely sure whether I should yeah. put it on, or I'll just have a go with this restriction, don't be going home about it because of Section 77. Um, if you if something ends up on a register that causes somebody loss and it's been put on there without reasonable cause, or you weren't really sure if you ground, yeah. then actually the land registry aren't going to indemnify anybody. Um, they're going to expect the applicant to. Yeah. So it's always been there, but I think it's just interesting the land registry put that notes. note on more forms. Yeah, definitely. So they're kind of reminding people. So I wonder whether what's going on in the background is that more... Yeah, um, have people been doing it, obviously. Yeah. Simba that, isn't I it? Think so. I think so. And... Um, uh, well, something that we mentioned, Stu, uh, on our last Conveyancing Matters Live, um, yeah. uh, when we talked about new builds, we talked about um, index map searches not just being for unregistered land. No, 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 for more pending applications, uh, looking at that from that sort of stance. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so the Land Reg has just done a little reminder on its SIM form to say, uh, essentially, that you know if you've got registered land, you should still be thinking about doing yeah. SIM yeah. because it could reveal other registrations yeah. like a mines and mineral registration. Yeah. So we have yeah. this kind of very blinkered view that we don't need to do an index map search because the title is registered. Yeah. But actually, there are special on developments and yeah. quirky places. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's absolutely essential, I think, to do it on new. Yeah. I have to say. Yeah. And how probably last thing to talk about for this month, Stu, because that's been a fair old a fair old bit that we've covered, I think, for the benefit of our lovely viewers. Um, is, is the view applications? 
um, change going to make any difference in PCS, just in terms of tracking, um, uh, well, how people's registrations are progressing? Minimally. Minimal. You know, we, we always welcome any change, don't we? Um, and the land registry are trying to make an effort. Um, but for, for us, the sheer backlog that they have is the vein of our lives. Yeah. And until that backlog is cleared, um, you know, we're going to continually get clients moaning. Uh, we're going to continually have to expedite, you know, applications that we've made. Yeah. So until that comes, you know, the, the other little, um, you know, improvements they make are great but that's the big thing they need to tackle. Yeah, I mean, I, on that one, I mean, I, you know, I'm quite, I don't, I, I simply don't understand, and I'm sure I'll be shot down by somebody for this, why Land Reg Resources, for example, is going into the migration yeah. of the local land charges data. And I can understand the reason why that might be a good idea. Yeah. I just don't understand why the resource is going into that now. It's the timing. Yeah. It's the timing, isn't it? You know, it's not a bad idea, but again, you know, certain other things are kicked down the road. Yeah. That's what they need to do with this until such time as things are more up to date. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Stu, I think that was a fair old bit for people to, uh, yeah. to think about. So um, thanks very much for watching and for joining us. We, uh, we won't be doing um, an update, a news update in August because Stu and I will just be incredibly busy <laughs> doing busy things. Uh, so we hope that that's been helpful and useful and uh, we will see you again soon. Take care. Bye.